0: You're listening to the Accessibility Corner on Dialogue Radio Network with your host, George Zavala. The Accessibility Corner will provide you with topics and resources for our local community of people with disabilities. The Accessibility Corner is brought to you by the Law Offices of Stephanie Townsend Alala and Associates. So, here we go 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5 four three two one let's get the party started
1: Are listening to the accessibility corner here on Dialog Radio Network. Today is the day before Father's Day, so Happy Father's Day to all your fathers. Some people may call you mothers, but anyway, that's my point. <laughs> in the studio, we have Mister Eric Solso. We'll be talking to him in a quick few minutes. Uh, Abel Rodriguez, I mean Enchilada, of course, my boss. My wife right directly in Good front of me, morning. and uh, excuse me okay. So. Good morning. Hello. So many people have, 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 have asked me, man, kind of mentioned this before, and I'm also on Facebook Live, by the way, that, you know, the reason why um, it's important for, for me to bring candidates to the show is to kind of, number one, let them know of our, uh, our reason for inclusion and that we're voters. And number two, I'm a regional partner, or regional coordinator, sorry, our regional partner for what's called Rev Up Texas. And what we do is a, state, it's a statewide, nonpartisan uh, initiative to educate both voters and candidates for voters to go out there and vote with and without disabilities, and for candidates to know of our uh, agenda of being inclusive and having access. Uh, in this, in this particular studio, we've had the pleasure of having uh, Veronica Escobar, uh, we've had uh, Richard Salamego, Oscar Leiser. Uh, many candidates, from uh, Mr. Hogan from last week to Jerome Kilman, uh, John Cardillo. And the reason why I'm saying this is because just to let you know that you know this is what we want to bring to the table. We want to bring you information so you can make that educated vote. And today we're going to be talking to Eric Stoltz. He's running for District Six for City Council, and uh, we're going to be just talking the same thing we've done before. I'm going to involve politics and accessibility because for me they go they go both hand in hand. I'll make you a perfect example, like I did last week. When the city of El Paso spend is 2.2, or now I think it's 2.6 billion dollars in debt, and when we people with disabilities go and ask for more money for what's called a curb, uh, on the curb, on the demand curb uh, program, they say they have no money. And so, come on, you know that's why I say politics and the accessibility are are, are one in one. So, good morning, Mr. Salt. Good morning. So, this is I'm going to let you introduce yourself, sir. Just tell the the voters out there that who you are and 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 District 6 and all that good stuff, sir. Good one.
2: All right. Well, my name is Eric Stoltz. I am a candidate for District 6 in the Lower Valley parts of Eastside. Uh, just a little bit about me. I am currently a student at the University of Texas, Rio Grande Valley uh, in Brownsville, but I do go to school online. So I do have uh, access to stay in El Paso and make sure that I try to make El Paso a little bit better uh, than it is. Um I recently was in AmeriCorps Vista with Project Vida and United Way, uh, most recently, uh, until I get back to school, and you know, I've just kind of devoted a lot of my time and effort you know, really trying to be, uh, improve people's quality of life in El Paso, uh, when it, whether it be immigration rights or anything just in general, just uh, people's equality is, is really important to me and a big focus on, 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 on me wanting to actually run for city council.
1: And I want to, during this the, our conversation, Mr. Stoltz. I want to ask you questions, and uh, like I said, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I'm going to ask you questions specifically regarding the current environment within City Hall and the reason why, so the voters, I keep referring to voters, to, to kind of give them a perspective of where you're coming, or give them an idea of where you're coming from in uh, regards to your, for example, let's say, uh, Sylvia First and whatnot. So we'll go into that. But for you, for, for me, and for us to know, the, is there something that made you that that aha moment to see? Okay, you know I'm running for city council. What, what is there something that did trigger that?
2: Um, not necessarily. I think it was accumulation of a lot of events that have been happening the past couple of years. Um, you know, a lot of anti transparency, uh, a lot of kind of backroom deals, shadow shadow things, rather than you know uh, being out front and, and being open about what you what their plans and what their ideas are uh, to the public. And I think right now, uh, even with the current City representative in district six uh they're not really taking um, any public input into consideration it's more of their their plans and and that's kind of uh how our city has been going rather than asking for community input and, uh, and,
1: yeah and that's what you know, I don't understand why the, the city reps and the mayor are re, are reflective of us of our community and not only that they should be engaged with their constituents that're not uh, before we forget, the show is brought to you by the the law office of Stephanie Townsend Ayala and Associates. And if you want to call in uh, 915-603-5176. you want to ask Mr. Stoltz a question. So going back, so uh, like I said, I'm going to ask you some questions, sir. And uh, you know, if you want to answer us, it, that's great. Uh, the first one we want to touch on: What is your uh, view on Grito.
2: Um, I completely support uh, residents in the area. I don't believe that uh, the city should, any government actually, should, should have the right to take away uh, someone's private land, uh, someone's homes. Uh, in the interest of profit and development, um, I'm you know I'm very opposed to any sort of eminent domain or displacement of people. Uh, that's first and foremost. Uh, aside from that, the arena or multi-purpose center uh, that the city is, is wanting to build, I believe that it's just uh, unsustainable debt at the moment, and I don't think it's going to have a return on investment. Uh, so I'm I'm opposed to it for two different reasons. Uh, but I'm definitely opposed to to. To the building of that, especially in, in a neighborhood where people lived for for many years. Uh, again, I don't think that the displacement mis- displacement of anybody uh, should be allowed in any city or in any government. Um, so that's kind of my opinion. And so, uh,
1: my, by your answer, I'm assuming you are not you're not in favor of the multi-purpose center or whatever they want to call it.
2: No, um, I think that it needs to be re 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 reta- uh, maybe we talked about talk uh, see what we can do. Um, I think that. Perhaps we should go back to the voters and, and, and have them decide uh, whether we do want to put a uh, $180 million investment, uh, uh, more debt, onto, onto our city budget.
1: Well, it's, that's going to grow little by little. The interest on that hundred and eighty million is turning into a lot more than that. But so to me, why do you think – and I've asked many people this question – why do you think city council – isn't because I, I don't remember city council being the way it is now. In, in other words, where they don't want to engage, they don't want to hear. They're trying to, like Dean Markle was trying to do, is um, limit public speech to one minute. Remember, now he went back to three minutes, now he moved it to 12 o'clock. So, why do you think that? I mean, is it do you think there's some kind of initiative or an agenda they're trying to pass through to the private sector, I guess, investors?
2: Um, I think that we really need to focus and look at uh, campaign finances. Um, and finance reports and look at really see who the big players are in, 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 in donations and who's really driving the conversation. I think we most, for the most part, we do, uh, most people in El Paso are aware of the two biggest donors. Uh, but also at, at, at the end, there's also smaller donors that continue to push uh, private investment and kind of looking to not really uh, be open and honest with our, with our community and, and kind of limiting our, our community involvement. Uh, but it really comes down to campaign finances, and I think that that's kind of a big issue that really it's not really talked about. Uh, is kind of limiting our, our our campaign finances and not allowing donors to to basically give out unlimited amounts of funds for for our city politicians because that's the biggest driver in in these kind of conversations and the reason why uh, our city council is really not listening or paying attention to the average El Pasoan.
1: Exactly, and and the thing about that. Uh, I'm glad you hit the perfect. A segue where I'm going to go into uh, when it comes to accessibility here, in Mr. Stoltz. Um, I'll give you a perfect example. The ADA, every city in that sense, is supposed to have what's called an ADA transition plan. The city of El Paso last updated their transition plan in 2008, 10 years ago. And a lot of the benchmarks that they set up within that ADA compliance or the ADA transition plan is regarding to ADA compliance. For example, having all the bus stops accessible, having all their facilities accessible, and you know whatnot. As of today, they're not. A hundred percent of their bus stops are not. I think were, as of last two months ago, there were still seven hundred bus stops that are not accessible. And why? Because of lack of money. But yet, again, I'm going to be beat like a dead horse. You spend sixty-four, you spend sixty-four million dollars on spray parks, but yet you can't bring up your code to your bus stops. Now, the reason I say that, I'm just supposed to you to understand, transportation is very crucial for pre- people persons with disabilities. The reason, the reason why I say that. Like me, I can't drive. I've been blessed to have a wife that she drives. Mm-hmm. But yet, let's say we have friends that use a wheelchair or those who are, like myself, blind, and they don't have a spouse or they don't have someone that can drive them. So we depend on public transportation. So having those bus stops accessible is very crucial. And that's why I kind of entangle both politics and access. Uh, going forward, do you, would you? how would you address, if I come to you, say, Mr. Stokes? And your district needs to really focus on accessibility. What would you do?
2: Um, well, I you know I completely under, um, you know, understand uh, that the city says they don't have money, but you know there's there's a lot of items on the budget that uh, could be so to speak, uh, not necessarily need to be spent uh, and spent on on people's livelihood, people's uh, life. Um, I think that, you know, aside from the curb cuts, you know, we have a lot of uh, sidewalks that either are broken, we have sidewalks that are um, raised. Um, due to our infrastructure, and I think that having uh, an ADA coordinator is not enough to really uh, focus and and, and push for that. Um, You know, I was reading the city budget many times, and, you know, we we do have money. I think that it's just not utilized in the right spaces, Uh, and I think I would like to see our community and human development um, um, department, you know, going to our community development block grants, going specifically to ADA accessibility. And I think that it doesn't only just start with the city, but it also starts at public restaurants, public businesses that um, avoid avoid these kind of uh, issues um, for accessibility. And I, I think that there is money. It's just of utilizing uh, the money in the right spaces. And I think that... Uh, my view always is when it becomes when it comes to somebody's basic rights. Uh, I think that that is far more important than entertainment in any in any situation.
1: Amen to that. Now, just for the listeners that those on Facebook Live, I do have uh, some background in this discussion because I've served on committees with the city. Uh, we've been very engaged within the city. Me, my wife, and the other individuals like Mike Balamad, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the thing is, we've been very engaged. So this this dialogue that we're talking with you, Mr. Stoltz, is like five years in process, you know. And so, when I say stuff, it's not because I just you know pulled it out of my butt. You know, we've actually done it. And so, when it comes to trans- <coughs> transparency, what, do you, what what's your uh, take on this? Uh, tar- the TIRZ, the tax increment reinvestment zone number twelve on the west side. What, what what's your take on that?
2: Well, I'm completely against it. I don't support. Uh, first and foremost, there's of course there's many reasons why I'm opposed to it. Uh, one being that we need to continue to protect our open space uh, and preserve our, our mountains. Um, starting with you know the need for water, um, the climate change. Uh, there's many issues and reasons why we need to continue to protect our environment and protect our open space. But aside from that, I don't think that it's feasible to to give a subsidy to a developer on public land uh, in order for them to fix um, infrastructure that that they say is, is so expensive. And I think that uh, when they say that, you know, uh, stormwater's account is the reason why that they're having this TURS, uh, and when you look at the budget, only 50% of, of or less of that, of that money is going to go to stormwater fees. Uh, stormwater improvements is, is, is a farce and a lie. Um, I don't think that the city has been very transparent. I think that they had community meetings. Um, they had a, maybe a week before the vote, and then uh, community meetings after the vote. Which, which is doesn't in my mind boggles me to yeah, have yeah, yeah. community horsery, meetings. That's a carriage hour, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and you know they're having one in the Lower Valley as well. Uh, but um, I was at the city council meeting, so that's the only reason why I know about it. on June twentieth, um, and and our city representative she doesn't have it posted. Nowhere in the city website is it posted. Not on Facebook, no social media. So I took it upon me to to create a Facebook uh, uh, event and 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 pay for a sponsored ad so people can be. Informed to know that um, the city has, has has been really bad at at a community input, um, and even a lot of the meetings they they basically are not community input. They're community they want the community to know whether you agree with it or not or have ideas. Uh, it's basically I'm going to tell you what we're going to do uh, rather than ask you if you want that to happen. And I think that that's kind of a way that not only local government but you know state and national government at the moment um, has 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 really um, just exploded into this idea of, of telling the people what they want and what they need rather than asking the community what exactly. they need.
1: And uh, just, uh, I'm gonna, we're going to talk about your platform. But I do on purpose on the second half of the show so people can stay tuned. And that's what but I also want to build up to that. Uh, regarding, that's the question I asked you. So transparency when it comes to the T-R-Z, TIRZ is kind of funny because you're right. Because uh, we went to a, um, a presentation last week and uh, the gentleman that was doing the presentation was had been part of that open, I think it was open land advisory committee.
2: Open space, yes. Yeah,
1: open space. And he was saying that the area, a lot of the area around that, that zone twelve, is owned by Hunt, and Hunt is a big contributor to the Dean Margot and the and the politicians. One thing I'm going to ask you: What would you say if I'll, I'm going to tell you, okay, Mr. Stoltz, we're going to move a bill a, a a uh, government, uh, government department, which is economic, economic development, from one building, which is city-owned, to another building that's owned by a donor, and we're going to pay rent. What would you say to that? What would you, what would be, if I come to you and say, Mr. Stoltz, what's your rationale for doing that? How would you respond?
2: Um, I, you know, I, I definitely looked into that, and I am definitely opposed to that. Especially being that it's a, a large campaign donor, nonetheless, not not a small donor, uh, and, and a donor to multiple uh, candidates, or actually uh, city council members. Um, and, you know, I, I am very much opposed to it. And I did look at the budget and, and looked at how much are going to be spent. Um, you know, I really do hope that, you know, the city is moving, is going to at least move another department. Because there are some departments that are paying uh, close to $800,000 in rent in other, in other private places. Um, and I think that I'm opposed to that. But I hope that we can at least see a, a city council that moves a department that's maybe paying more than they are paying. The economic development's going to pay, so they can move them in, and we can save some money. But uh, but but I don't think that a city should be moving uh, any city departments uh, to private places, much less to a campaign donor. I don't think that that is uh, you know unfortunately in the U.S. what I call is uh, campaign donors and large contributions uh, is 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 basically legal bribery, uh, and I think that that's really what we need to call it. Uh, you know, other other countries and other places they say they have a lot of corruption, but we do have corruption it's just legal in the united states to be able to (laughs) to um to pay people basically uh pay politicians to to basically do what they want and line their pockets and that moving the economic development department is is one of the biggest is a big a big wake up not a wake up but a big uh calling that that this is happening and it's ongoing
1: and the thing is, for me you're right about legal um bribery because if you think about it in any kind of circumstance, that would have been a conflict of interest. You know, think about it. You, you have a public entity moving into a private uh, area, private building, and the owner of that building is a donor. I'm sorry, the, the, owner, the owner of that building is a, is a big donor. So come on, you know, that just brings up a lot of red flags. And so going forward... Are you going to have an open-door policy if, you, if you're elected? I mean, what's going to have people come to you? What, what, what's, um, what makes you unique upon the other candidates?
2: Well, while I support an open-door policy, I don't think it's uh, necessarily feasible. Uh, my district is in the Lower Valley and uh, the Far East Side. So I don't think uh, – I you know, I do support having an open-door policy, but I think that uh, working with the community and, and doing uh, public outreach, block walking, I don't think that block walking is enough – just to do it when you're trying to get elected. I think block walking is needed when you are elected uh, to talk to people because you can't expect people to always come to you. Uh, people have jobs, people have kids, people have families, and, and, and expecting them to go all the way downtown just to, to talk to you and have open-door policy, I think that it really uh, open-door policy is good, but it, we need to take it to another, a further level and uh, actually reaching and talking to people and going out to the public and asking them what they want.
1: How, you you already launched your, your campaign, right? Correct. How long ago did you launch?
2: I you know I filed for campaign treasurer on February fourteenth, um, so I have been uh, you know talking to people, doing surveys, uh, and just kind of talking to people. I've been walking the past couple of weeks, uh, actually uh, collecting petitions for the TERS and to put that on the ballot as well. Really?
1: Okay. Are there any other candidates? In
2: there that? is not. Um, as of right now, Claudia Ordaz has not filed for a campaign treasurer but I do know she is uh, more than likely going to run uh, in that in that district again.
1: Do you think uh, the, the the back the baggage of certain council members hurts when they come back for re-election? like for example uh Stout uh, David David um what's his name? Um David Stout. No, 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 I went blank. Um Paul um Schwarzwein. Schwarzwein, Hello as a sports fan do you do you think baggage nah, I'm, Shorts I'm asking fine. You, sports fine sports sports fine,
0: Shorts fine. that one <laughs> i'm not even pronouncing
1: i don't know but do you think the reason uh, there's a reason why i'm asking you do you think that baggage hurts or helps them
2: um i think that um it, it's unfortunate but you know with our such low voter low voter turnout uh, i think that in a in a more healthy democracy uh city voting city it would hurt him um but i think that it unfortunately campaigns have a lot to do with with how much money they can raise and you know last uh city council meeting uh they're 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 now required to put uh their donations their new donations that they receive onto the city council agenda and just looking at peter's Peter's uh, this past meeting, he raised over $30,000. Um, so I think that it does hurt you in a way. But it's unfortunate that, you know, we continue, like I said, to to, to allow campaign donors to have unlimited funds and, and basically uh, give thousands and thousands of dollars to, to, to politicians. Um, and, you know, it, it is it is about keeping uh, El Paso voters informed and giving them a reason to vote, because I think that a lot of uh, people not voting it's not because they're lazy or anything like that it's because they have no hope, there's no reason to vote you have to give people reason to vote and I don't think right now that we have reasons to vote uh, but uh, coming back to your question I do think that it, do- it will hurt him ultimately um, but I think that money also has a large uh, impact on, 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 on campaigns um,
1: we're going to break? yeah oh wow that was fast Okay. that's this, what it means uh, we're talking to Eric here on the Accessibility Corner and we're going to come back after this break
2: Stephanie Townsend Iala. At the law firm of Stephanie Townsend and Associates, our attorneys, including Jennifer Coulter and my own daughter Jessica Clute, fight for the nursing home and home health care rights of the elderly and disabled. I'm Attorney Jessica Clute. The law firm of Stephanie Townsend Ayala also specializes in estate planning, probate, trusts, wills, powers of attorney, nursing home advocacy, Medicaid asset protection, and guardianships. Call us at 533 0007. I'm Jessica Klute, attorney at law. The law firm of Stephanie Townsend Ayala &
0: Associates specializes in estate planning, probate, trusts, wills, powers of attorney, nursing home advocacy, Medicaid planning, and guardianships. I'm
2: Stephanie Townsend Ayala. Our attorneys, including Jennifer Coulter, my daughter Jessica and I, are University of Texas Law School graduates. Jessica and I are also proud second and third generation University of Texas grads. Call the law firm of Stephanie Townsend at 533-0007.
1: And we're back here to that sensibility Corner on Dialogue Radio Network. And, Abel, I love that music. Dude, seriously? And uh, <laughs> the show is brought to you, you by... You know
0: I used to be a DJ, right?
1: Yeah, I know. The, the show is brought to you by Stephanie Childs and Ayala and Associates. You want to call in to talk to Mr. Stoltz? Uh, am I saying you're wrong with your name right? Stoltz. Stoltz, right? That's why I keep saying David Stoltz. <laughs> <what>?
2: Stoltz.
0: It's ST. Stoltz, okay. okay,
1: and uh, do you want to come in, call in and talk to this gentleman, um, 915-603-5176 one more question before we go to his platform and I've asked the other candidates, I want to be fair to everyone, would you have voted against or for Silvio's first uh, separation
2: um, I wouldn't have supported that um, that that particular particular vote, um, and I think that it's you know it's unfortunate that, that our, our mayor basically legally tied us into a binding contract, possibly um, with the city attorney, and you know having basically a city attorney who has been in El Paso for so long, probably strong-armed him and, and 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 made a a great deal for her that wasn't really in the best interest of, of El Pasoans. Uh, but I you know I would be definitely have voted against it. I don't think I think that a lot of uh, maybe the people the city council that did vote for it maybe they 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 were against it, but I think that. Um, maybe they were told that you know this is a legal contract and and, and if we if we possibly don't you know don't don't uh, support it we might we might get sued by by, uh, by Sylvia Firth uh, but I would be against it. I think that uh, that what the mayor did was incorrect and it's something that needs to be f- fixed and cleaned up. Um, because I don't think that we should be on the hook for 124000 extra dollars. Um, you know, as you mentioned, you know, uh, accessibility is, is an issue, and when we're giving away uh, $125,000, you know, that th- this is money that can be used mm-hmm. for our general fund for access, um, yeah. uh, and anything and just in general for, for, for infrastructure uh, help and stuff like that.
1: Amen to that. And to me, uh, I, and by the way, uh, just for those who know, Want to know that uh, abel on his show earlier he had david sacero that uh, filed a criminal complaint so he was talking about that so abel will have that on his on the web page on the website dialogue.com dialogue ep.com go to the podcast page and also you can visit our page uh the accessibility com. and going back to you so i want to uh, people to know your platform so well tell them, uh, this is your time go ahead and say what you want about your your platform
2: all right, uh, well, you know my my platform is is, is fairly simple i, I you know I, I first and foremost, I think transparency is a huge issue, and like I mentioned, I think that uh, for far too long, you know our government has been telling us what we what we want and what's better for us, and I think it's time for for the for government to be reverse and be how it should be and ask people what they want and what they need. Um, and I think that that's first and foremost my biggest issue and my biggest my biggest driver in, 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 in running. Um, aside from that, you know our public infrastructure is is, is abysmal. Just today, you know just having uh, the rain uh, in my area, the continuous flooding in my area is 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 um, a huge driver and it needs to be addressed. I think that our city is is spending a lot of money on infrastructure, but not really infrastructure that is um, of the future. Uh, you know, green infrastructure is is known to be either less expensive or at cost of of, of our gray infrastructure and in our and our streets at the moment, uh, but reduces the cost in the long run of, of potholes and, and 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 anything like that. So, being green infrastructure is a big part of of my platform. Uh, in addition, I think that. Um, you know, we, we've been tied down on minuscule issues of the turds and all these things, uh, but we're really not progressing in, in, in El Paso because we're always fighting against uh, private development or pr- fighting against the city that is, is continuously putting in debt and not really looking at our infrastructure. So my biggest issue is infrastructure, ensuring that we, we do have a, a safe infrastructure, sidewalks in my, neighbor, in my neighborhood, in my, districts, uh, in my district, uh, and, 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 and just kind of going down to the basics. Of, of, of living and, and, and the, the quality of life quality of life to me is making sure that we have basic infrastructure, yeah, we have sidewalks, we have uh, bus systems that actually work and are on time uh, and that are not over budget
1: you know what, well, to me if, if, i don 't mind spending the money well now that i 'm working, so i even better have more money but the point i don 't mind spending it if it 's going to fix it if you 're going to be if the city going be two point six or two point two billion would it be in debt? You would think that, like you said, the infrastructure, the streets, the lighting, our first responder was part of the infrastructure. The first responders, be adequate. Because you go down Yarborough, Mr. Stone, I mean Yarbrough, I mean Main Street, Yarbrough, and North Loop, it's like you're riding in the in, in desert. It's all, like, broken. And when you have people in wheelchairs, that use a wheelchair, sorry, riding on Saragossa because the street or the, their sidewalks are broken or don't have no sidewalks, that's a concern. We had a friend of ours, just to give you a little background. You know where Magruder is? Yes. That's a major street, right? I, see, when I say, the reason why I asked you if you know where it is, because it's not like it's in Vintian or San Asadio or Tormio, It's in the smack in the middle of El Paso. Okay, we had a friend that lived on Magruder near uh, Montana. To get from her apartment, which is a Magruder, to Montana, <laughs> she had to ride the streets. She had to use the streets where the port where she used her, her phone as a flashlight so cars wouldn't hit her. Really, but yet we don't have money to spend on sidewalks. But you have, you have no. In a heartbeat, you'll spend sixty-four million dollars on spray parks. So that's what my concern is. And hopefully, uh, by you being here, so you kind of push that agenda when you, you know if you become elected, is that you know this this is stuff that we really need to look at. The infrastructure, uh, how does it really impact you? Does it or doesn't it? And the way it does, because if you're riding this, if someone uses a wheelchair is in the street, you hit them. that going to impact you, right? So the thing is, to me, just, we just have to treat everyone equal, have that same uh, fund available for, like, how you say the general fund, so we could pay for those curb cuts, pay for audible signals. So someone like me that uses, that's blind, I could use audible signals to go to the store, to be more independent. Um, by the way, just if someone wants to campaign or um, volunteer for your campaign, how can they do that?
2: Uh, they can go to my Facebook page, Eric Stoltz uh, for City Council. Uh, District 6, or my website is ericforapasso.com. They can also reach me by email at info at ericforapasso.com. And those are ways that they can connect with me and, you know, give me ideas. You know, I've been talking to people, and, uh, you know, my biggest concern is letting them know, like, my number, my my card has all my information there, not because I want to just hear your concerns, but I want to hear your ideas and your input and how we can make our city grow and better and prosper. Um, so that's you know that that's all of my information. So they can just search me, Eric Stoltz, for City Council District Six.
1: In a way that I, I encourage people to do that because not only that, that kind of builds into your your platform, you know. So you know, so you do go out to your campaign. You're well aware, aware of access now, right? You're well aware of uh, people may say, you know, what my street means a uh, speed bump or my. I like the idea what you say about even though you're elected, just still do that block walk, because I think once you get elected. They kind of forget about their constituents. You know what I'm saying? And for what you're, you're saying, that's, that's a nice concept of going out there and still go walking and hitting the streets even though you're elected. And uh, talking about elections, let me ask you this question. I just heard recently, I think it was two weeks ago or last, last week, or this week, yeah, city council voted for an increase or has or is in discussion um, for an increase in their pay. I personally say, I, have, I guess I'm both sides of the fence here. For me, City council doesn't deserve it, but at the same time, we need to kind of increase that pay to bring in more candidates. You know what I'm saying? So, yes. but it's
0: not necessarily going to bring you uh, better qualified candidates. No, yeah, because there's you. a lot of people here looking for a job, and I think it, that if, if if it goes in, it's like what seventy-five thousand or. Uh, what's the like just for a councilman i believe right
2: now it it would it would be right now the pay is twenty nine thousand a year and it would go up to forty five thousand a year which is a household medium income um while i do you know i completely understand our council currently i don't think that uh in any job evaluation in a private sector they would would pass uh maybe for an exception of a couple three percent
0: is all you're gonna get Um, buddy
2: right that's what you would hear um three percent uh based on you know on the job performance uh and i but you know when we have a city that only pays twenty nine thousand a year, uh, you are you're, you're stuck with mostly retired people. People uh, Michael know who is uh, who was a doctor. You you know they're, they're, it's a very slippery slope and a double edged sword on this specific topic.
0: Uh, well, you but got as- a lot of young Latinas making that money. I mean, they're 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 not doing Correct. too too bad, you know. So I mean, I understand where you come from. I, I I it's just that who's who's the people that are in charge right now have have so many people feeling the way they do about him in general and all kinds of things that for them to come back and look at us and say, Oh, well, we're going to need more money because we got to get someone better. You know, it just doesn't. It's a hard pill to swallow. Oh, there
2: you go. And like I said, it's a double edged sword. You know, there there is some 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 definitely benefits of that of that possibility. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm lucky enough that you know I'm still going to school, and with twenty nine thousand, I can live comfortably. But if we have people that do have kids, you know that that, that people average people, average El Pasoans that want to run for city council and and have three kids, two kids, you know, living on twenty nine thousand it, dollars is not it's not it's not Easy for many people. And, you know, it's unfortunate that people in El Paso do live off of that. Uh, and that's something that is a big part of my platform. I think that, uh, you know, with that eight, $180 million that is already, most of it is already bonded. Uh, $40 will be bonded next year in the fiscal year. Um, you know utilizing that money and, and and doing incubators for for people in El Paso that have graduated uh, you know I think that we really need to focus on on, on growing our talent uh, but we do have talent in El Paso and I think that uh, you know utilizing that money to possibly have a, a tuition reimbursement um, or loan reimbursement if, if, if we do have people that are graduating and stay in El Paso um, and and possibly have an incubator with that with those hundred and eighty million dollars instead of a multi purpose center. What really is gonna bring in prosper El Paso is making sure that people that have degrees stay in El Paso and have incubators and and get young entrepreneurs and, and help them, you know, do a business plan and have them, you know, other cities they own um, cities own space and they allow uh a business to pop up there for about six months, give, help them with their business plan, help them with their permits, help them with all these things, and have that business run in that area for six months and let have those entrepreneurs have the idea how to run it and, and give them an idea of, of how it's going to be. Uh, and then from there, move them on to their own private, own private place. And I think that that's really our biggest focus um, right now. Our fourth and fifth, fourth and fifth top private employer are uh, Alorica and Dish. Those are two call centers, mm-hmm. and to have a city that has your fourth and fifth top employer or is Alorica and Dish at a call center that pays ten dollars an hour is ridiculous and ludicrous. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, people are not even afforded uh, paid paid sick days. And I think that that really, uh, my my biggest issue is making sure that workers that we do have rights. Um, and and we're progressing because, like I said, we're we're going back. We're we're fighting against the arena. We're fighting against building on our development on our on our on our mountains. But we're not really focusing on the biggest issues of 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 the well being of higher pay, better jobs, uh, ensuring that we keep people in El Paso with degrees and help them incubate their their their, their um their businesses. Um, you, you
1: just said something broke. I never, I never realized that, Mr. Stelz. You just said the fourth and fifth. Yes. Employers are our call centers.
2: L- largest employers, Okay, yes. think
1: about that. The quality of life is $10 an hour. That equals to $400 times four is $1,600 a month. Okay, and if you have kids, you have a house, you have insurance, you have this and you have that.
0: And you want to go to the Chihuahuas. Exactly. That's what I'm trying to say. The disposable income for entertainment is... Uh,
1: it's very low, yeah, Because yeah. people
0: are going to pay their bills first and then they're going to go, Oh, look, we can go to the uh, first showing for $5, but we've got to be there at 1045 in the morning for a movie, you know?
2: Yes.
1: Well, uh, We went to the ballpark. I want to go full, full circle here. When you have a quality of life, the, the city council right now keeps pushing that and pushing that. Well, you voted it. You voted for it. But when your workforce is mainly, uh, the main driver is retail and call centers, your pay scale is going to be very low where your payout is very high. For example, you want to go to a ballpark. You're going to spend, what, $12 per shot per, let's say you... Your wife and two kids. That's let's say forty, fifty bucks to just to get in. you want to buy food, so you're gonna spend a hundred bucks when you're making sixteen hundred bucks a year, a month. That's a big chunk of your payroll or your of your check. So that, like Mr. Abel was saying, the disposable income is not there to subsidize your your entertainment wants. When I say wants, I so said, what do we want? Do we really want a ballpark? That's by the way, that's losing money two point two million dollars the past four years. Or do we want to suppose a multi-purpose center that's going to bring in what? What, what kind of what kind of uh, entertainment is that going to bring in? Where we can afford it? Now, yes, granted, there's a certain percentage of all ones that can afford it, but like you're saying, Mrs. Mrs. a lot of the graduates that graduate from UTep or where, you, where you're going, the University of uh, Rio Grande,
2: Rio Grande Valley, yes,
1: yeah. They, they're leaving El Paso because the capture rate here in El Paso for graduates is very low because they'd rather go to California, like my cousin did, Las Cruces, San Antonio, Austin, to make that big money. Our, our nephew, Andy, he lives in what, San Antonio, and he's making good money because here in El Paso is not there. And that's like, you're, you're right. We need to fester that talent to stay in El Paso, encourage them, and like you said, that incubator idea, I love it because that helps uh, if you know that job skill or that skill development, and they can put that back into the El Paso economic, so I like that idea. That what you just said. Um, the more and more you say stuff, this comes a very good idea. <laughs> um, so when it comes to transparency, what will you do to ensure the voters that you will have Transparency, transparency number one, and not the ability to flip flop like many of our candidates or many of our city council people have done.
2: I think that you know just looking at my uh, at my past and my track record uh you know places that i 've been involved with and you know I've, i i i don't i don 't uh i don 't change positions much on many issues and and you know my volunteer work and, and and working with the community and really uh focusing on that and I think that that 's kind of where where we are at right now uh, a lot of politicians they you know they 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 're nowhere to be seen but once they start running they end up they're so they're now volunteers everywhere. Uh, and I think that really looking at past experiences, and you know, I, um, that that's the biggest thing. is just making sure that you look at people's past because the past does tell you how they're going to be. And I think that you know, right now our city, you know, half of our city council is up for election. And I think that we need to be very careful about supporting specific candidates because we agree with them on two issues. Because the past of other people uh, and possible other candidates, um, you know, there are far right wing Republican people, and I think that just because we we agree on specific two issues. Um, it it comes to a wider perspective of of respecting people, respecting immigrants, respecting people with disabilities, and respecting LGBT people and women and everybody. Um, And I think that that that, that's like I said it's a big issue is you need to double check and look at people's past and look at their record and see where they stand on issues and see where they stand uh, for the community um and 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 it's not enough to agree on on, on, a, on a few uh, issues it it really does fundamentally need to see who they supported if they supported a president that uh you know disrespects immigrants and women and people with disabilities so we need to look at people's track records let and me and ask you,
1: let me ask what you said about immigration you know I know this is
2: not not city issue, but
1: yeah, it's not really a city issue. Let me ask you this: What is everybody has their opinion about what's going on with the Trump's administration's policy of separating children from their their parents? What are you? What's your point on that?
2: Um, well, you know, I don't support. I don't. I don't believe that it's uh, it's a moral thing to do, uh, and 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 to separate people. Uh, and kids from their families you know we want to get back to it that immigration is uh, is a civil issue is a civil penalty it is not a criminal penalty and it has been a civil issue and a civil penalty for very long and like I mentioned you know um, you know it's unfortunate that this is happening but we have a president that does not respect people and if we um, you know allow Allow um, our our small issue, our city issues. If we allow that to be the main focus on, on, on choosing a candidate, um, it distracts us from the bigger picture. Because mm-hmm. you know, all, politics is local, but we also need to think about the big picture, especially exactly. being on the border. And you know, um, I, I, I I you know I um you know with with Mister Hogan I you know I I, I you know I. I su- I thought he was a great candidate and good on the issues, but I think, like I said, we need to really focus and make sure that we're electing progressive people—people people that actually uh, support immigration and su- immigration reform, and support LGBT rights, and support disability rights. Um, and I think that's a big issue. And I just wanted to just touch really quick on one one on one of my big yeah. big issue of a platform uh, is investing in solar energy. I think that with that one at hun- one hundred eighty million dollars for that multi purpose arena, we can use that funds and invest in solar energy. We alone paid 11.8 million dollars on electric costs alone for the city uh the fiscal year 2016 if we invested in that we can get a large return on our investment and reduce our city our, our city debt but also you know uh allow ourselves to to really focus on our infrastructure uh you know in 10 years 11.8 million dollars is roughly a hundred and million. And that's something that we really need to focus on. We need to be progressive. We need to be bold. uh, And we really need to do investments and and real investments, investments in our infrastructure, investments in our environment, investments that help everyone and not just campaign
0: donors. Uh, Well, our our utility – uh, you know, was thinking way ahead because they they have solar, sol- yeah, the, solar, the solar, farms solar farms because they want to control the rate. Yes, you know that's the whole thing about it. You know, you can put the solar panels on the on the top of your house and you're generating your own electricity, but you also can get sanctioned if you if you generate too much. Yes, and in the form of I forget they don't. They don't rebate anything But that, that Like you said You were only going to Generate this much And you generated that much So we have to charge you For that extra generation Or, or However it's set it's up a It's a transmission it's, it's, or something Yeah it's like pretty that. But that's pretty crazy I mean Isn't that what you want To actually To eventually be off the grid Yes Well you know what
1: it is Guys You know what it is Think about it It's money Yes When it comes to politics To Because see Running solar Is the simplest Smartest thing to do In the world Because you have Natural energy the sun, and you could turn it into energy where you could use it at your home, you, don't think, you would think the government would be pushing that. because, yes. But yet, when it comes to money, wait a minute, you know, like, like how Abel was saying, you make too much, we're going to have to charge you. Really? I mean, does that make fiscal sense? No, it doesn't.
0: Well, I mean, are there solar farms? You know, I've never I never heard of of that, and that's almost like hoarding, you know, to me. You know, there's
2: very small. You know, they have a small solar farm, but you know, we look. We should look at Tucson. Even Burlington, Vermont, is is pushing. They have 100 percent renewable. Our city buildings, the new parks that are being built, there's no solar on them. Uh, Tucson themselves, you know, for their large uh, nanatoriums, for their swimming pools, they have thermal energy that heats their water, their pools. Really, and I think that we really need to, like I said, be bold and be progressive and really think about our full investment in infrastructure and how we can really reduce debt, uh, because, you know, a lot of people, you know, are saying, well, yeah, we will hold the line on taxes, but they don't really see that, you know, we have a health department that helps people, that that does testing, that does uh, TB um, uh, awareness, that does a lot of great things. We have a lot of departments that are are, are not known, uh, but they do a lot of great things, and there are a lot of great things that the city does, and that we need to continue to invest and, 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 and fund them. But there are also ways to reduce our city budget and make sure that we we have money continuously growing and growing for us to actually afford uh, kind of our basic
0: necessities. We we don't we don't have uh, we do not uh, recycle glass here. A lot of cities do recycle glass. Even, even of, if, in Mexico, I uh, mean, it's, a, it's. I mean, a, you go and they even put uh, turn this bottle in for five cents. You know, I mean, w- yes. what is, what is wrong well, with yeah. that? And we don't we do not also recycle or if we do, it's to contractors electronic trash and and can you imagine how many people don't know where to dump it so they hide it in the trash with the regular stuff and then (laughs) then it it ends up in the
2: landfill anyway yeah Yeah, yeah. and it's a very large cost of the landfill um you know that's a big debt onto our city's budget uh granted they don't necessarily take so much from the general fund but it is a big issue and it's a big issue just with with whether climate change that we do need to continuously recycle and be bold like i mentioned that we need to be bold uh just because you know recycling sounds like a far left thing to some people that is not true it, it, you know we need to protect our environment protect well, look, look, our money. Infra- what's happening now money.
1: <laughs> look what's happening now think about it look at the, the, the pattern of the weather we've had more, we have more of damaging hurricanes tornadoes because of the climate i mean to me we've honestly- had
0: thir- we had like 13 days in may of 100 degree yes. with that that I, i'm you know i'm 60 years old and my hot days are june yes. you know june's actually the hottest month of the year And we were getting hit big time in May, you know. I I wandering wondering the grass because I said forget it. It's not worth it.
2: Yeah, and I, you know I, we really need to address problems, fundamental problems. And like I said, you know uh, you can be progressive and you can be liberal uh, and save money on city budgets. You know we we have people that think that just because you're 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 liberal or this ideology that that we that that it's just tax and spend, tax and spend. But no, there's there's right ways and wrong ways to spend. Uh, and and being uh, you know I'm I'm I. I, I I'm not ashamed to say that I'm a uh, progressive and I am liberal. Uh, but there are ways that, you know, you can you can invest and also uh, reduce your city budget and reduce your debt. Meanwhile, creating our infrastructure and creating our city to be better in what we want. You know, I, I lived in Denver for a campaign and I live there. And it's a great city, but it's not where I want to live. I want to live in El Paso for the rest of my life, but I want to continue to make it better than it is. Um, and that goes on just respecting people um, and I don't think that the city government right now respects people enough. Uh, and, and, and you know, I'm glad that you had me on the show and talked about accessibility because it is a big issue. And it's not an issue maybe everybody is aware of, mm-hmm. um, but it is a big issue. And, I you know, I would uh, – Tell people, you know, download the three one one app. And if you do see anything, I've you know I've done it many many times with uh, Mr. Pettis. I think is his name yeah, is the ADA assist, uh, yeah. person coordinator. Uh, but if you do see something on the sidewalk that you know that uh, somebody that is in a wheelchair cannot access it, let them know. Put it on three one one and and report it. Let them know because um, just because you can walk past it doesn't mean uh, that other people can. Uh, and we need to focus on people's just quality of life. And quality of life is. Just basic life.
1: You know what? I have a good analogy Uh, Jim, uh, Jerome Tillman gave when he was here uh, regarding access. A man goes to a restaurant. He orders a soup. The waitress brings the soup to his table and she walks away. And the man just sits there and stares at it. And stares at it. And stares at it. So she comes back she's like to herself. What's wrong with it? Did it smell good? It was hot when I served it. What's wrong? So the man, she walks up to the sir. Are you okay? Is the soup okay? He goes, Yeah. So, do you need something? He goes, Yeah. How am I going to eat the soup? I don't have a spoon. So, what I mean by access, someone can't access a building. They're just there staring staring at it because they can't enter. They need that spoon to get into the building. And that's what I'm saying. People need to understand that when you have a five inch curb or five inch lip on the sidewalk, five inches is more like five feet for Mm -hmm. someone in a wheelchair. That's what we need to be conscious of every day. It may not fa- infect us directly, but it will. 70% per- of our population, some way, somehow, will have a disability during their lifetime, either by uh, da- uh, disabil- uh, disease, uh, an automobile accident, uh, on-the-job accident. So we need to be mind- mindset that, you know what? People with disabilities, they're a contributing factor to this economy. They have a, We contribute to the tax base, like me. We're educated. We're not all just taking away from the system. We want to contribute to the system. So that's why we have uh, candidates like you, sir, on the show to show them. You know what? We're not here to take away from the system. We want to contribute to the system. And having you here to talk about your perspective, I hope, educates the voters, both on Facebook Live and who are listening to the live stream, that you know what? This is your platform. I like it for two reasons why. Number one, you're thinking about the green. Um, aspect of having solar system because you know what honestly at the end of the day 20 years from now if we don't fix it, it is, we're going to be in bad shape matter of fact Britain the McDonald's uh, in, in, in England is starting either this week or next week they're going to start pulling their plastic straws and putting in paper straws California I believe you cannot have a grocery store with uh, plastic bags why yeah. because that impacts the ecosystem in the, in the oceans when you have a whale I mean a whale swimming uh, 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 coming onto the shore of Australia because he was tangled in all this all this plastic and he died come on people yeah I mean, we really need to open up our eyes and like you said we just start here in El Paso make El Paso I always i always said this we should be not in, we should be an example not go somewhere else yes. oh you know what over here they're doing it, but how about here in El Paso? Why don't we start something new here?
2: Yes, I, You know. You know, with with all that plastic. Uh, uh Unfortunately, Texas again—you uh, know—it it is local politics, but it does come down to who we're voting in our state. They don't allow plastic bans. They don't allow certain things for the cities to progress and be environmentally cautious. Mm-hmm. Uh, my last mark, we just wanted to mention—you know, Austin. you know, um, Austin, you, know you, you did mention I don't want to be uh, Austin or or San Antonio or Denver, but I want to be El Paso. Mm-hmm. But they are doing some good things. And the last—I just want to blend at a last mark—is sure. that we really need to push on, on on paid sick leave that many El Pasoans are not afforded in uh, Canada afford uh, cannot afford you know to to even go to the doctor for their kids or for themselves and I think that you know Austin Dallas and San Antonio uh, Austin has passed that San Antonio and Dallas are in the move to to pass paid sick leave that we need to really start and think about and talk about this issue in El Paso because El Paso has the biggest need to make sure that we have people with jobs good jobs not only good jobs but jobs that actually give them benefits like paid sick leave for themselves for their families um, because it's it it's crazy to think that you can get fired uh, because you're sick for five days in El Paso, uh, or lose people losing money. Uh, you know, it's whether between oh should I call in sick? Should I get everybody else sick at work? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't afford to to, to yeah. not miss work because it's I don't have money for that. Uh, and I think that we really need to think about and address other issues in our city because uh, there are a lot of issues for us to actually really focus on and make sure that workers do have
0: rights and that we are respected in our city. Well, you know, what, so okay, yeah, let me just ask him real quick. You know, you know that project they want to plan for the for scenic drive yes have, have you seen that the five million dollars that, that is ridiculous it's just a mountain corner to go take pictures on they want to put the shading and they want to put trees and this is a desert i mean if there was going to be trees there they would have grown naturally you know uh, i i just i just trip out you know that, that that's a big thing for me because that is four million dollars that could be used for curb cuts I think that
2: uh, I'm not sure who's funding it. It might be the community foundation. Uh, it would be great. I don't know if how much money of of the city we're we're, we're budgeting to that. I did I haven't seen that any of the budget, uh, but I know a portion of it is coming from the community foundation. Though I I do believe that if if they're if they're you know if we're gonna do that that then. The community foundation should be the, the well, sole the, funder yeah. of that. I don't think that
0: we have. But do you think they should change the topography of a desert mountain to put uh, trees there because they want a nice they want it, um, landing? I mean, they're changing the whole the whole landscape. Yeah.
2: No, I think that we need to continue to uh, think about our environment and climate change and make sure that we're not changing our environment uh, and also being conscious on on, 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 on the uh climate. Uh, and also, you know, I didn't speak about our bridge infrastructure. It's crazy. It's uh, I, live right, I live about four minutes from the bridge, and we have rows and rows and hundreds of, of semis just Blocking either blocking our exits, blocking our entrances, crossing traffic, and not only that but polluting our our, our environment. And I think that there's ways that we really need to focus on because, like I said, we're focused on building this uh, marina, doing all these things when we're not really focusing on the needs and the basic needs because El Paso is not focusing on the basic needs and infrastructures are basic needs. Paid sick leave is our basic needs. Investing in solar energy so we can save those $118 million in 10
0: years. Those are our needs and those are what we need to really focus on. Now, you were talking about the environment, and one of the big pet peeves I have is we need to go ahead and ban plastic bags because it's not so much that they're great to take your groceries home, but if there's windstorms and you go out to the desert, they are stuck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They are stuck. Yes. They're They're stuck to the... To the cactus, I mean, and then like one time I said, "Well, I'll go take it off." Well, No, no it's it, hard. It, it's very hard to to take it off. I, I was like, "Wait a minute, this isn't easy at all." Yeah, no. Well, I have a, I have like those uh
2: reusable bags right. now in my car at all times. Um, but but like I said, you know, it's unfortunate we nobody can do that anymore in Texas. Austin is. Uh, there's only three cities that can do this. This the the state passed a law that you can't even ban plastic bags. Uh, and it, like I said, it really, it really, it's, it's, you know, there's a lot of things that we can progress in, but our state it limits us on what we can do, and that's why I said we need to make sure that we're electing candidates that we agree with on locally and state, because we also the the city has lobbyists for the state agenda, and if we are electing people that support uh, uh, Abbott and and support these policies that. That go against local control, uh, you know. Then, then, then our conversation is not going to be progressing. Our conversation is going to be how are we going to fight regression? Uh, and that's really, you know, my biggest thing. Uh, and I really want to make sure that you know El Paso progresses and that we are bold in our in our progressive and well, bold in our investment. Let me tell you about this.
1: About what you said about the state, and I want people to listen to this on Facebook Live and listening on the live stream. The state, what you just said, is exactly what they do sometimes. I'll give you a perfect example real quick. Last year, we were like. Inches, was, was so inches from having Uber kicked out of El Paso because they weren't providing universal service yes. to, to persons with disabilities. We, went, we were right in front of city council. The police of the police of, Chile, uh, the, the, police of Chile, uh, the chief of police even had uh, put the Uber on notice that if you don't comply with the ordinance uh, here in El Paso, we're going to kick you out. Whereas this close, and guess what? Was in the same month, the state of Texas says no more Uber is now under the uh, jurisdiction of Texas, not, not to Oops. each municipality. So now, we're this close, where the city, by ordinance, could have, number one, uh, char- uh, cited the driver, and number two, cited the company, the corporation. And the city council at that time was Limon and Acosta and uh, Lisa mm-hmm. were willing to do that. But when the city said, no, or the state said, no, nah, you know what, we're kicking over. So now, guess what? Uber...
2: Can do yes. They Can do what the hell they want. And that, that, that's a lot of issues. Is they you know the other side or uh, the uh, the Republican side does want to always say they want to have local control. But when it comes to a full locality having control, they they take away control from cities on what we want to do mm. from the fracking ban to the plastic ban to the paid sick leave that
0: people have passed. So here's a question uh, that comes off of your Facebook Live, George. This is from uh, Josué Rodríguez. Uh, would you su- would you support including an accessibility component for uh, for when businesses obtain a city permit inspection that would be part of, uh, that it would be part of it, the accessibility uh, component? Um, I don't know. I you know. Well, let we me a
1: background. A, okay, because <laughs> I don't know much about it. Okay. So I, I, I'm not... Right now, the city, if let's say you own a, a restaurant, and the reason why we know because uh, we worked with Emma Costa back in the day, uh. Right now, if you own a restaurant and that restaurant, say the restaurant, technically for 40 years, when you do a change of occupancy, the city will not come in to inspect regarding uh, a permit per occupancy. Now, if they split, if they switch to, let's say, a hairdresser or to a pet shop, then that triggers the inspection. But what we're trying to say is, you know, what Mr. Josue is trying to say is, no matter what, if you're changing names of company or uh, ownership, then that should automatically trigger... That inspection in regards to accessibility, which I agree with, because right now, if you have a restaurant there sitting there for twenty years, guess what? You know what? The city does not have to come in and
0: it's accessible. It's yeah. And yeah. That's what I'm saying. That. that no. I, I mean, I
2: completely. I, w- I I would completely support that. Uh, and I think you know, not just changing the names. I think that we really need to focus and go to go to place and go to businesses, whether they were there for forty years and and make sure that there's some sort of accessibility. I think that that uh, we really need to be f- go further and make sure that people have adequate services and have uh, the ability to, to go to, to public places, um, because it's a big issue. Um, and, and, you know, when we talk about accessibility... Um, We also have undeveloped land. We have developed land, and then there's a small there's a small portion of undeveloped land that's private land that doesn't have a sidewalk. And how does that make sense to (laughs) to have two developments? And in between, what are you going to do beyond the highway? Um, And I think that our city is really not you know it comes to their campaign donors. You know, uh, River Oaks donates a lot of money, and they own all this land. They our city should be forcing them to uh, build sidewalks for people because it doesn't make sense to have sidewalks uh, and dirt. Dirt sidewalks on, on one end and the other end, and then no sidewalks. And that's, no. I'm talking about people right on, the on, off the loop, too. Um, you know, of We can't expect yeah, yeah. people to be on an on, on a axis a road for the loop uh, on a wheelchair. It's dangerous. Uh, that- and and these, are, these are fundamental issues that I think that we, we need to address and well, make sure that it's – We're the-
1: coming up to the end of the show, but I want to – before we go, G- go, give the voters – again, I can say voters – your, I guess, elevator speech.
2: Your pitch. Well, my name is Eric Stoltz. I'm running for District 6 City Council. Um, You know, I hope that people do support me. And even if they they can't uh, necessarily vote for me, uh, uh, volunteer or donate to my campaign at eric And I think that we really need to focus and bring people back together and bring community voices back to City Hall because right now it's not working. And I hope that we can really work together and invest in in, in green infrastructure, invest in solar, uh, and invest in paid sick leave for everybody in El Paso.
1: Sick leave, I know... I at one time just to let you know my background I work for the Department of Labor so that's very important too you need to take care of your workforce so they could you know because when you have like my wife when she works as a, she's a personal care attendant they have no sick leave no insurance nothing. so she gets sick either she gets her client sick mm-hmm. or she gets so you know you just need to understand having sick pay leave is very important because that fosters that worker to stay home I mean to stay with your company because otherwise, they're going to just leave to a company that does pay for, for insurance. So, But one more example before we leave. Talking about examples, how you know, San Antonio, Austin, and Denver. One time, uh, they make this big old thing about going into Juarez, and there's a, a facility in Juarez, Mr. Sells, that has everything accessible, from ball for those who are blind, to all the equipment that the person that, that uses a wheelchair can use, I mean, very, very integrated, very inclusive environment. Big deal, right? The mayor went over there, the ADA coordinator over there. They're like, wow, cool, this is really me. They come back to report to us because I used to be the, <clears throat> the chair for the Accessibility Advisory Committee for the city. And I'm like, guys, that's a third world country, Mexico, and they're advanced like that? But here in El Paso, we can't do that? That's how, just to put that in your head, they're going to Mexico to look at a facility when we can't even do it here in El Paso. Isn't that sad? Isn't that you know? Kind of tell you, you know, our, our our priorities. So yes. Well, you've been listening to the accessibility corner here. Look for Mr. Stoltz on, on Facebook, his uh, website, and uh, you have anything to say, babe? Before we leave, uh, Christy Lai, She's asking, who is the incumbent in the district
2: Eric is running for? Claudia Ordaz Perez.
0: She's not termed out
2: No she's She won her? a special election In 2014 And her first real term Is 2015 Oh uh, Oh okay Too bad
1: Alright Tibet. Yeah. All right. <laughs> you know already to Say baby No No Okay uh, Well thank you Mr. Abel For letting us have This opportunity To have this show So you've been listening To the Accessibility Corner Here on Dialogue Radio Network And we'll see you Next week <laughs>